Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. To enlarge. Especially welcome everyone who's joining us online. It's so good. I can't wait to chat with you again soon. Um, Okay, so enlarge. Our enlarge journey is where we talk about enlarging our footprint on this land. So we're going to talk about our building vision, but it's also a time where we all enter into our own personal enlarging. So I want you to get ready for that. And there's a principle in 1 Corinthians 15 that said, first came the natural and then came the supernatural. So as we expand on our land in the natural, I want you to be ready because there's a prophetic promise in that for you. Okay, a prophetic promise in that for us as a church, that we're going to enlarge supernaturally, that you're going to enlarge supernaturally, enlarging your own territory, enlarging your own faith, enlarging in your finance, in your business, enlarging in the spiritual atmosphere over your own home and over your children and over your children's children. Are you agreeing with me today? So I'm just encouraging you to lean in and take from this season whatever God has for you. And if you want it, I want you to claim it in the name of Jesus. All right, so if you've been on this journey with us for a while, you would know we're replacing our old kids' hall with a bigger multi-purpose hall for our kids, our youth, and also the community. We do already use that building a lot, but we've got so much more. Uh, So that picture, she's an old beauty, isn't she? So she was built in 1955 and she survived a journey over here on the back of a truck as well. And uh, in the mid-70s, they built a new auditorium on this land, which is the old cafe and hall. And that hall became a kids' hall. And for the last 70 years, it's been a kids' hall. 40 years, it's been a kids' hall. Isn't that amazing? 40 years being a kids' hall. So we upgraded our facilities here in 2010. We sit in this beautiful auditorium and we promised our children that their building would be next. So it's time for us to make good on that promise. But also we want this building to do more because we've got bigger dreams for the community. So I wanted to just talk about the community stuff for a few minutes. Um, We're going to start with just a few stats because we don't want to build what the community doesn't need. Is that right? So here's some research from McCrindle, which hopefully will be coming up. Uh, They asked, what should organisations be focused on? So it's a different slide to that one. They asked anyway, what should organisations be focused on? And the number one thing they said organisations should be focused on is the environment. Great cause. I feel good about that. But the second thing they said we should be focusing on is connecting communities with people with their local community. So that was the second thing. There you go. That's the right slide. So the second thing they wanted to do is build stronger connections with the local community. So I feel good about that. And the second question they asked is what facilities should organisations be building? So the next slide, the next stat slide is number three on that list was please build us community centres. So we're on the right track. And the second thing they wanted was facilities for their youth. And we will be creating facilities for our youth and kids too. So I feel really good that we're on the right track. Um, And if you're wondering where the church is, it's sitting there at number 13, right a few rungs below dog parks. But (laughs) don't be discouraged because... 
the church, uh, they may be disillus- the world might be disillusioned with the church, but they're asking for community centres and they're actually more spiritually hungry than ever. So we're going to give them a community centre that is powered and backed by the local church. That's going to make a difference. It's a good one. <laughs> All right. So when people are facing all those challenges, financial hardship, mental challenges, um, that's when hunger for hope really gets real for them. I think the church should be ready to respond in a crisis. That's when hunger gets real. I think the church should be ready to advocate for biblical justice. So we know biblical justice, rescuing orphans and widows in their distress. But what is that to us today? Really, it's the single mums who are struggling the young people who are fatherless, the poor, the hungry. So we're going to do that. And the church should also have an expression that provides a safe doorway for everyone. So not everyone finds the doorway of a church safe. They tend to find community centres safe, particularly if they can meet a hunger or need that they have in their life at that point in time. And so there should be a safe doorway for anyone from any socioeconomic background, any race, any gender, any age, any walk of life. So I want us to have a safe doorway for everybody. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Okay, so I've got a quote for you. Churches that this is, all of that was McCrindle research, and this was also from one of their papers. Churches that are adaptable, dynamic, kingdom focused, and engaged with culture and community are the churches that will thrive in the future. Churches should be asking what their unique contribution is so they can reach their community, and they are the questions that Macquarie is asking. So, we've got many hopes and dreams for this multi purpose centre. Um, I think at the end of the day, we're going to talk about the youth and the kids vision in the next couple of weeks. So let's get into the detail. Let's talk about this building. I'm going to call on my most excellent colleague, Ian Wood. He's the project manager for our building and he has built, managed multi-million dollar projects with Hunter Health. So he's a great asset to have with us on the team. So let's talk about the building. Um, Take us through what we're actually building. Okay, so we are building, as you know, a multi-purpose centre to replace the hall. We're calling it a multi-purpose centre because it will have multiple uses. Um, And it will have a cafe, uh, it will have meeting rooms, it will have a hall for for the use of mainly by the kids and so forth. I just want to touch on something that, that Mindy was mentioning earlier about um, how, the commu- how we can connect with the community. One of my roles in the church is I help out with our backyard, people who are homeless sleeping in their cars. And I recently um, was able to put a couple into a, into a house. They'd been homeless for a couple of years sleeping in their car. And they said that they want to start coming to this church, not because they feel a deep need for salvation, but because when they were on the premises here, they felt safe. They felt accepted. They felt loved. This building that we're going to build um, will increase that. It will show people that they have worth, they have value, that we consider them worthy enough and valuable enough that we are investing our resources into building a new building. Great. All right, show us some pictures. We want to see pictures. All right. Some pictures. There we have up on... I I was going to use a um, laser pointer, but... You can't really see it up there. On the right, the existing auditorium is where we are sitting right now. So if we look 
over to your left where the hall is, the new MPC is basically going to be where the, where the existing hall is. It will be a bit bigger. Um, and so that's where it will go. Can you go back to the previous slide? Thank you. Um, so you'll see there, you might not be able to make it out, but in the, at the top of the MPC, there are tables and chairs. That's the, the cafe area. Beside that is a, a kitchen. Um, toilets coming through to a meeting room and then into the hall, storage facilities, storage areas. I have to find more storage because everyone tells me I haven't put enough storage in there. So if you've got a spare bedroom at your house. <laughs> okay, next slide. That one, um, I, I did that one to help you understand what the MPC is in relation to the current hall. So the yellow is the current hall, foyer and kitchen area. So the MPC is that much larger than what we currently have up there. Do you, can you follow that? Yep, cool. Um, yeah. There's one more picture, which one is more? just to zoom in. Oh, look at so, that. So, yeah, you can that's see. lovely. I'm excited about the little courtyard area that's going to be out the front too, some grass yep. for yep. the kids to play on. That's pretty exciting. All right, so, so... So this area, all of this grey shaded area will all be paving. Uh, it'll be like a plaza out onto the grass courtyard. The um, side of the hall facing the courtyard will all be glass doors, opening doors, so it can open right up and give a feeling of spaciousness. There you go, kids kicking the soccer ball, they're probably going to score a goal right through one of those windows, but that'll be okay. Um, and that's the cafe coming out onto a plaza area, which, and the grey ramp connects to the path at the back of this auditorium. So it'll be continuous with this building um, and just have good connectivity. And tell me about council. Where is that up to? Uh, my friend's the council. <laughs> um, it is still in... The, the DA is still with Lake Macquarie Council. Um, it has been... You'll probably be aware that we've been in council for about 12 months now. That is a long time. Um, but that is not surprising to me. Um, the, the roles that I had with Hunter Health doesn't surprise me how long council takes. Um, we have jumped through all the hoops that they've put up. We've answered all their questions. We've made all the changes that they need made to the plans. So we're just waiting for the final sign-off of those plans. I would be hopeful that we would get it in the next few weeks. But I said that 12 months ago. <laughs> I can't see anything that will prevent it being in the next few weeks. All right. So if that happens, Ian, when, when can we get started? I actually thought we'd be started by now. So when can we get started? I thought we would have been started around Easter this year. So if DA comes out of council this week, then we've got about another couple of months where we have to review the plans, refine the plans... And then we do what is called tender documentation, where we do all the plans up so that we can invite people to put in a, a price to build it. Um, and that's the tender documents. Then we will review those documents, decide who we want to go with. That, that will take a couple of weeks to do that review process. Um, ultimately, 
I would hope that we'll be building in the, not the second half of the year, because we're already in the second half of the year, in the, in the third quarter of this year would be good. Yeah. All righty. So how much is it going to cost? Ah. <laughs> so we did have a quantity surveyor. Yeah, we've had, a, we've had a quantity surveyor. Yeah. And uh, 12 months ago, I think the QS was around about the 1.5. And, but as you've all been hearing in the media, the construction industry is going through a really tough time at the moment. Supplies are limited. Tradesmen are limited. There's construction companies going out of business all across Australia. So all of those things will impact on how much this job will cost us to build. Even so, our God is greater than that. And I believe that we will certainly get out of it for less than two. Okay, so these are actually last year's numbers on what it would have cost, or just before, so pre-pandemic a little bit. So the multi-purpose centre at 1.5, plus we need to build a car park, yep. probably going to cost us 1.8, and we've actually saved up $923,000. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. So thank you if you've been part of that. We're halfway there. We are halfway there before we even get started. So we only need about 800K, 900K. Yeah, yeah. great. Yep. All right, thanks, Ian. Appreciate everything that you're doing. Okay, and I just want to thank everyone for their patience. Um, we sang a song earlier on that God works behind the scenes when it doesn't look like he's <laughs> working. Right. God is right. at work. He's working behind the scenes and in his timing, the DA will come out. So thanks, guys. It's good. All right. So while we are talking about finances, I just wanted to thank these people. You put that slide up for me as well. Uh, so these are the people who built the old hall. And that's them standing in front of the old hall that originally had a brick facade. And on the left-hand side there, it's my left, um, you'll see John Collo standing there with his hands in his pockets and his maroon jacket on. And I think probably Genia's in that photo and probably your parents and Pastor Leon Kolb. They had the vision for that building. They brought this land and I just wanted to thank them uh, because they had incredible vision and they wanted to give the generations of Batten that was a greater opportunity and that's what I want. One day I want to be in one of those olden day photos, even if some of those people aren't on this earth anymore, but I want to be in a photo to say, hey, I passed a baton on to the next generation. So if you want to do that too, here's how you can get involved. Got one of these on your chair? So this is a giving form. You can find one on your chair. There's also a QR code that you can scan. We're going to take up an enlarged offering on the 19th of June, so that's two Sundays away. So be prayerful. Fill out this form. Um, you can give on the day, you can give online, or you can give at a time in the future. Giving is tax deductible. We don't actually track your giving. It's really just between you and God. It's so that we can add it all up and be confident about where we're going in, with this project. All right. Thank you so much, Church. Over to you, Rose. Thanks, Mindy and Ian. I appreciate all the work that you're doing behind the scenes. And I appreciate our board. If some of our board are out there, our board 
really do steward our finances with great wisdom and great integrity. The scripture says, build your house with wisdom. And I really believe that they have built this house with wisdom. I'm looking forward to, the thing I'm looking forward to most about up there is, I imagine there's going to be little sandstone blocks on the grass and I'll have a coffee with you, Sal, in the sun on the sandstone block. That's what happens when you get to my age. You just want a coffee on a sandstone block in the sun. All right. Um, we are blessed. We have favour with council. We have favour with Pat Conroy, our local member. So we have um, God's favour. just want to say it's great to have Mark there in the house with us. He's got a new knee. He's been very brave, but he's not a silent sufferer. And I don't think many blokes are silent sufferers, so there you go. All right, so I am excited about our future. I do encourage you to give something. We, we, the way Mark and I do it is we just encourage you to give what's on your heart. You know, some people going through a tough season can't give much, but just giving what you can on your heart so you're part of the legacy, you're part of our future. I'm excited about our future. I'm excited about God wants to do in his church in this season. This isn't just a building project. It's about raising the next generation of leaders, missionaries, givers, business people, mums, dads, creatives, prophetics, teachers. It's about the dreams that you and I have in our heart. I have a dream for um, mental health, for ministering people with mental health, and I believe it's going to be able to re be realised in that community. There are two journeys that we're doing. One is the physical building of the building, and the other, like Mindy said, is the spiritual journey of us enlarging. Um, so I just want to take a few minutes to talk about that. So the context. Last year in a large, I shared from a scripture from Numbers. We read about the Israelites, their story out of slavery and unbelief, of a nation leaving things behind and finding their God. We saw and we talked about that their journey is our journey. Their story is our story. Like the Israelites, our journey is about character, about spirituality, about overcoming our own giants fulfilling our potential and inheriting what God has for each of us. God gave me this scripture from Numbers 10. We are setting out to the place of which the Lord said, I will give it to you. Come with us and we will do you good for the Lord has promised good concerning Israel. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, Roz, it's time to set out again and I will be with you and I promise you good and I will give it to you. Because you don't want to go after things that are just in my head, just ideas I've got. We want to go after the things that God has got for us. We knew it was time to set out into the new season, the gradual handing over of the leadership baton to the next generation and building the MPC, following his direction. I know some of you don't like change, but let me tell you what happens if you don't follow God and you don't like change and you stop. The cloud passes over you. You miss the presence of God. And all of us in this room know whole denominations in this nation that the presence of God has passed over. And the youngest person in there, I was talking to someone the other day, they go to church, he said, I'm 75 and I'm the youth group. And we don't want that. We want to move with the Holy Spirit. So last year was setting out, but this year is crossing over. We're going to, I'm going to take you to Joshua 1. The Israelites are ready to cross the Jordan River and inherit the land, which by the way, um, so inherit the new season. 
um, which is what we are doing. We're going into the new season. So that's why I felt like this was a scripture from God. It says this in Joshua 1. God's speaking to Joshua and he says this. Um, <laughs> I just want to go back for half a second. A few, few, about a month ago, I talked about the new season and how we're meeting with two leadership, small leadership groups and raising up some leaders to take this church. I want to tell you, it's going really, really well. We've got some amazing leaders coming through in the next generation. They're passionate, they're innovative, they're humble, they're fresh. They love, the next, they love all the generations. They love those that don't know Christ. They're mature beyond their natural age, emotionally and spiritually, much more mature than I was when, when I came here at 30. And you know what? I'm really looking forward to being pastored by them. And um, they're willing to sacrifice and there's a great sense of unity. So be excited for our new season. And God is going ahead and doing something supernatural in our midst. And we don't want to do natural. God didn't start the church with natural. He started the church supernatural. Remember, he's the Holy Spirit. He poured the Holy Spirit out on 120 and they spoke in tongues and he did an amazing thing. So um, his ways are higher than ours. He defies the odds and um, we're not going to limit ourselves with the natural. So back to Joshua 1. This is what God says to Joshua. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you, Joshua. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong, Joshua, and be courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. So three thoughts. The first is about generations. I love this scripture. He's saying to Joshua, as I promised Moses, the promise of a new land went right back to Moses. And actually it went further back even to Abraham when he said, Abraham, leave this land. I'm going to give you a land that you don't know. So we have to think in terms of generations. And there's a strong call and there's a legacy on this church for generations. Here is a photo of a contract of the first block that they bought at Beeson Street. It was $9,700. Wouldn't you love to buy a block at Cardiff South now for $9,700? The um, deposit was $9,700. No, it was $970. So they built, as Mindy explained, they bought that block of land. There's the contract. And uh, these people... The photo that Mindy showed you, they weren't just investing into their generation. They were investing into you and I. They were investing into Nikki and Jordan's baby, Jada. Jada. Ah. <laughs> Beautiful Jada. Um, so we are building, we're not build, in this church, we're not building a success culture. We're building a significant culture. Listen to this. A success culture only cares about their own generation. So that would just be us in the eight o'clock. The kids are too noisy. Uh, they make too much mess with the biscuits, the cream biscuits. We've got to get plain biscuits instead of cream biscuits. Um, the baby boomers, we just want to sing hymns. A success culture is all about selfish ambition. A significant culture 
is about the generations. It is selfless, flexible, and it has an ambition for others. God is a generational God. He calls himself the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Each generation has to fight its own giants. We live in a time where there is a lot of resistance, a lot of giants. But this generation, Jada, is that right? I'm calling Jada because <laughs> she's the only one here. Um, I want to say this. But this generation, these babies being born will be giant slayers. Parents, don't be afraid of raising a child in this moment of history because God has ordained this generation to carry his mission and slay their giants. We need giants. Giants develop resilience in us. They increase our capacity and prepare us for the next season. God leaves the giants there so we need him. I hear lots of people complaining about the times. However, if we are not careful, we will misdiagnose, misdiagnose the times. These times are an opportunity for the body of Christ to see a supernatural God and to see how great our God is. The next thing I want to talk to you briefly about is territory. This is what I love about this scripture because God says to Joseph, to Joshua, this is your territory, your exact territory. He gave them a specific boundary, a specific inheritance. This is what I'm giving you. God has a specific inheritance for you. Many churches, many pastors get into trouble because they go, they under-inherit or they go for what is not theirs. Many Christians to get, get into trouble because they under-inherit, they abdicate what God has for them or they go for too much. I was talking to a pastor the other day. He said to me, Roz, our church imploded because we over-visioned. Walk with a sense of what God is giving you and it is in your future. And remember this, the enemy always resists you. There's always spiritual warfare, as there is in natural warfare. It's about taking territory at the moment. There's a war with Russia and Ukraine. The Russia basically wants the Ukraine's territory. Well, so it is in your life. What God has got for you, what his spiritual inheritance he has for you. The enemy doesn't want you to take it. And let me tell you this. Many Christians get a natural inheritance. But a natural inheritance is what you can see with your eyes. They work hard for house and a car. But what is your spiritual inheritance? Don't forget to think about your spiritual inheritance. What you can't see, what God has got for you. And he has got something for each of you. I remember standing in this front row. That's why I love the worship in the house. Two or three are gathered together, the presence of God. He speaks. And he spoke to me and he said, Roz, you have an inheritance of natural multiplication, but the enemy is resisting it. Mark and I were able to multiply spiritually. We've sent out about, I don't know, about 12 senior pastors from this church. But naturally, it wasn't happening. Our kids were, I don't know, they were stuffing around with their relationships and they were finding it hard to have babies. So the enemy was coming against our inheritance. But I knew that that was an inheritance for me. I knew the next generation and the next generation and the next generation was inheritance for Rosaire. So I stood in faith. Don't give up. I rejoice when other people's kids got married. I rejoice when other people became grad, 
grandkids, but I stood in faith. You can't give up. You know your inheritance. In a minute, I'm going to ask you to come out the front and write what your spiritual inheritance is. You mustn't abdicate it. Nobody else can fight for it. And let me say this. This is the last thing I want to say. God said to Moses this, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, Joshua. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And Joshua is saying to the Israelites, he's repeating what Moses said. He's saying, hey guys, we're just about to cross over and get our inheritance. There are giants, but I don't want you to be discouraged. And why it was burning in Joshua's soul was because he had just seen a whole generation not inherit the land. It says in Hebrews that they weren't able to enter the promised land because of their unbelief. In fact, the Bible says in Numbers 14 that they were, God called it contempt. He said, because you can't believe me, because you can't cross over, because you're freaked out because of the giants, because you're only looking with your natural eyes. But I've told you to go and get it. I'm calling it contempt. We call it the nice word unbelief, but God calls it contempt. He's saying, come on, get on the same page. Don't be limited with your natural eyes, Roz. Stand in that front row and believe that you will see the generations. Stand in faith. faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Don't give up. And I want to tell you this. You mustn't get discouraged. Discouragement comes on all of us. I fight discouragement all the time. All the time I fight discouragement. You get discouraged when you look in the natural, when you look with your own eyes. But the Bible says when we look with our own eyes, we're looking at the temporary. You will never inherit the land if you keep looking with your natural eyes. You've got to look in the supernatural. And the other way we get discouraged is because we get offended and we get hurt. Don't be people who get offended. Don't be, get, don't be people who get hurt. Process, process and keep a beautiful heart that believes that God is good and that He is for you and His favour rests on you. He's for you. It doesn't matter what your CV is. It doesn't matter what side of the tracks you came. It doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter how much you've got in the bank. It doesn't matter. What matters is that God is for you. He sees your future. He's got things in your future with your name on it. What are they? What is your spiritual inheritance? I love this scripture because Caleb and Joshua, 85. They belonged in the 8 a.m. It's got nothing to do with age. It's got nothing to do with age. It's all about faith. So in a minute, we're going to stand and we're going to sing this last song, the song that we sang, the same God, the same God of David and Mary and Moses. And the creative team have set up boxes I was just going to put white paper out, but look what they did. 
And this is what I want you to do. I want you to come out the front in this atmosphere of faith. And I want you to write on that piece of paper what your spiritual inheritance is that you haven't got yet. But you know it's waiting in the wings. Last year, I got two of them. After four years, Lola and Jack. But I got more on the way, I'm telling you. And you've got a Lola and Jack. Not literally, but I don't know what your Lola and Jack is. But whatever it is, I want you to write it on that piece of paper between you and God in this atmosphere of faith. And then this is what I want you to do. I want you to never, ever give up until you see it with your natural eyes. Don't ever get discouraged. Fight discouragement. If you don't take out discouragement, it'll take you out. And it's taken many out. Thank you, Ian, Mindy and Roz for sharing this morning. Church, how amazing is it that we are part of a body that is constantly looking outside our own four walls to see how we can impact those around us. And one opportunity we all have to do that in our own lives is through tithes and offering. If you feel led to give this week, you can do that by following the link on the screen. Hey church, we've got a couple of great events coming up. The first one is for those of you in HA Youth. This Friday night at 6.30 to 9 o'clock at the church, you've got a rodeo night. Look, I came dressed ready for it. Yeehaw! <laughs> if you want to go, you need to register online. It's $10 and that includes dinner and a bucking bull. And our next announcement is for the women. You have got a social night coming up on the 18th of June at 6.30 in the cafe. It's called Renoir and Pinot Noir and you'll be painting and having a little bit of wine. Um, this one's $20 and you will also need to register online and bring your own snacks and a friend. And finally, we are continuing Enlarge next week with Paul Bartlett joining us in all three of our services. Paul is our state president for ACC. He's a thought leader, an author, an internationally sought after speaker, and he empowers people to think outside the square and break out of old paradigms. He's going to be preaching in in the morning services and returning in the evening for an interview and Q&A session. So make sure you join us either online or in the room next week. Have a lovely day and stay warm. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.